Welcome to Kingdom of Honor. This is your host, Zan Manchin Sabuni, along with my good buddy, Jeff. And and Jeff, um, I don't know when I've been more disappointed in my favorite than this past week, um, the new beginning in Osaka. Not be, you know, I, I wasn't expecting Yada to win, um, but I was expecting him to actually. And, you know, I, I felt like for the first time in two years, he pulled a disappearing act and, and didn't really give his, give his all, in my opinion, this weekend, and that really disappointed the hell out of me. You know, it's funny you say that. And by the way, I mean, you guys are really doing well by it. It's great that you guys are able to do a podcast for us, and I appreciate you guys doing that. I do want to say that you guys are incredible. You guys are awesome. You guys are great. 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 You guys
and evil you know but evil put out that really strong match against ishii a couple of you know like two weeks ago you know and this week sonata was a week and a half and now and now not a you know just not a, not a stinker, but you know definitely a clunkier performance than we were expecting against you know our boy Jay White. I don't think it was even clunky. I felt like he was crisp. I felt like his moves were good. I just felt like the story felt like it was rugged. I don't. I don't mean like the Christmas of the moves, but I meant like emotionally. Like there was no, there's nothing to grab hold, grab hold to emotionally from me other than you know just booing Gato. I will say, I will say that the sequence began with a good um, white leading to the main cell because he was controlling the main cell for the game, and then there was that was the first time that that happened, and then Scott Ed was great. Yeah, and then and then the fact they just they just squashed him at the end too, which which didn't have anything. No, to make it even worse, the Mormon Cult got the match of the night. Oh, that was so wow. Yeah, I mean, you and I have have talked over like the last year about how, you know, Dragon Lee's grow Dragon Lee now re- really has grown on you, and I hate that spot he does in the middle of his matches where he does the, uh, where you know he starts tells his opponent to hit him, and I also hate that, that double stomp he does from the top rope. But both of those in this match were, um, I should say, to a rope song opponent um, that he does. Um, but both of those in this match were just done so spectacularly well that I have no complaints whatsoever about really on this. Yeah, that that uh, that that chop battle in the middle of the ring to start the match was just completely like, you know, both guys just hanging by a thread. And then finally, finally, you know, get the victory, but, but Lee pulls it out and, you know, he kind of dominates that first part. Just were all over each other. And there was that one spot. I- I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know that it was like a spring, like a spring move from the apron into the crowd, and I was like, "Damn!" And then it woke, it woke like, like, "What the hell just did I just see?" You know. Yeah. It looks like it just opened up. Um, you know, the next match is going to be What was the next match? Moxley versus. Moxley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, you know the chair, the chair fight on out out there. You know those guys. You know, yeah. I mean, and you know through the, the slam through the table and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the, you know they're, they're they're kind of they kind of made the U.S. title feel like a you know like, like a hardcore title. And actually, that's what's kind of what's been going on with Moxley all the, all along, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But in his first, his first match, he was still the main event. You know, and that was against Okada, but then he did not get the title shot. He eventually got it. You know, I just forgot to use. Nobody can hear what the hell you're saying. <laughs> I 
it over. Three times he couldn't connect on it, but he went for it. Uh, oh, the uh, I can't remember what the the Phoenix box? The name of it, but he, he he went for it a couple of different times and didn't yeah, the, the and movie just, that he put Takahashi out with a year and a half ago the, the Phoenix bomb, and that's why the, and the way the that were just all like shocked, like I can't believe he's going for this again. Well, and just appalled that he would go for it again. It's like, okay, guys, first of all, that's his best weapon. We know it hurt Takahashi. Why not go for it? Well, I don't think he's actually done it in a match since because he switched his finisher to that version of the Falcon Arrow he uses now. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I think it was just like, you know, how far will these guys go against each other? Well, every time they've wrestled each other, it's like, like, you know, airplanes being in the middle of the ring. So um, they're going to do whatever they want. And, and, you know, they're they're, they're, uh, situated together. Like, you know, you and I hate the way that the... Destroyer has become so popularized and, and so bastardized, but I mean, when these guys do it, and and you see Takahashi like like flow smoothly from from a movie beauty. Yeah, he's he might be one of the best at delivering it because his transitions are. I don't know that there's a better transitional wrestler on the planet than Hiromo Takahashi, and that includes Osprey. He transitions better than anybody I've seen. Yeah, he's um, just. He's so smooth. It's just it's watching him work in the ring, and you know to for him at the end of him coming out and basically challenging Jay White and getting the better of Jay White. That kind of has me excited for a, a Jay White Hiromo Takahashi match. Well, because you and I had had talked a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and I had mentioned how. At the show, it's usually the heavyweight champion versus the junior heavyweight champion. You said not going to happen. This year. Well, no, <laughs> they said it. Happened I didn't they think said it, it, it is going to happen this year. That's pretty awesome. Well, happen this year, White's going to have to win the belt. White's not going to win the belt from Naito before the anniversary show. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's not going to happen this year. We're not going to have the junior heavyweight versus the heavyweight. Did you not watch the um, the post? show interview between Naito and Takahashi? No, I didn't get that far. There you go. That's why you don't know what's happening. Oh, so they did set that up. They're going to actually... Oh. Well, what the hell? That's going to be amazing. Versus versus Roma Takahashi at the... uh, uh, the, You know, Mr. Tranquilo versus Mr. Time Bomb at the end of the anniversary show this year. Interesting. I'm kind of shocked that they're going that route with the um, two stablemates. Well, they did it with Osprey and, and Okada two years ago. Yeah, but that didn't count. We weren't we weren't supposed to know that because remember that was Jay White's thing about why can't um, chaos members fight chaos members? So we weren't supposed to actually fund that. Remember? Oh, is that what it was? That's, yeah, because so that that didn't count. Yeah, I think the only time in recent memory that that hasn't happened was when the junior heavyweight champ at the time, I think might have, I think it might have been Osprey at the time as well. Like he he was on sabbatical or he had just gotten injured or something, so it ended up being Tiger Mask W, which of course was really Kota Ibushi against um, Okada, like three years ago at the anniversary. Yeah, it was Osprey versus um, White. The year before that, it was Osprey versus Okada. And then I guess now they set it up. I I ran out of time. I you know got to, and I I haven't been sticking around for the post match um, interviews anyway. If nothing happens right off the bat, I usually just kind of punch out. Ah, I see. Yeah, I would I would so, to see and also like seeing like if they're going to set up a a new challenger for you know for. for the- it depends on on who wins and what they're going to say. After Naito beat Kenta, I just, I, my break was over. I guess I just never went back to it. I should have. That's on me. I should have went. But I'm uh, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing Naito Takahashi's great. You know, it's interesting that Consider- you said how great Takahashi is at transitions because I was actually going to to mention somebody else in our other show tonight how about, about how great he is at, tra- at transitions. Right. So, uh, yep, that's- that, that doesn't wrestle anymore. So, you know, it's kind of just kind of a, a teaser for later on. I kind I kind of picked up on that when I was watching it too. He's he is another guy who's just he's so smooth and on, on his uh, his tag team partner too. Uh, 
when we get there because you know well and that'll be on our patreon channel later tonight um we'll have breaking down what's it called um honor, honor takes center, center stage, stage night, night one, one which was a hell of a card another great reason to watch of honor especially in the early days and uh well the there's a years after the start of it but whatever doesn't matter you can't up so i don't care it didn't exist it didn't happen I know Nigel McGuinness and Daniel Bryan and Kevin Steen had amazing careers there, but it didn't exist. That is such, I can't that is such watch a it. Nigel's and with that title and with that title, you know, are not readily available on Honor Club because those were, you know, in my opinion, Nigel is the greatest chance of promotion. But Samoa Joe's run for twenty three months was amazing as well. So yeah, and I and that time you had you know greatness out of Steen and you had great of uh, Daniel Bryce and Bryan or Brian Danielson during that time. And that, um, uh, match that Brian had against um, AJ styles was during that time. I think what five or six, um, it, it really is a shame that they're not, you know, they're, they're looking at how great ring of honor was. Well, you can't consider yourself this great promotion, including that two thousand to 2010 era. What's what really funny thing is that they've got a card coming up called, Past for present, and one of those is Bill Enterprises, Marty Scurll, and um, Cliff Gordon against Generation Next's Alex Shelley and Matt Seidel. Well, you can't even. See, I don't think there's even a, a Generation Next match available anywhere on Honor Club to watch. <laughs> so it's like it's way, way in the past. You can't even see them. Yeah, that's just doesn't make it, it, the whole thing just doesn't make much sense. I'm not. I, I I really wish they had let us into that time, and I know it was different ownership and everything, but you would have thought they would have bought the library when they bought no, no, the they, company. They own the library. The the problem is that they used music then where they they didn't have the rights to use, and so it would just take. It's just going to take them. I mean, it's been a couple of years since they've had these service now, so you would think they'd have, they'd have have had time, especially being owned by a broadcast company like Sinclair. But basically, it's just taking the time to scrub that old music out and and, re- and dub other music over it. Didn't we talk one time about the four um, the four American, Canadian, North American com- companies and how Sinclair was the richest of the four? Yes, we did. Yet they're the only ones that won't put music. They won't pay the rights for the music. Well, I don't think they're. I don't think. I don't even know if you can go back and pay for past rates to music. I suppose you probably can, but I, yeah, but you I, can. I, I think, I think what their plan is, is to, is to eventually scrub all that stuff out. That's why that every, you know, every so often they put out one of those compilations because they, that's stuff they've scrubbed the music out of. Well, it's, it's maddening. They should have had somebody dedicated to doing it, especially when you're paying, when we're paying as much as we are for that service. Oh, that's the most expensive service. It's the most expensive service we pay for. Like promotions that we pay for, that's the most expensive one. Is it? I thought it was I thought it was the same as WWE Network, it's just that you pay it all at once. Nope. The WWE Network, um, you're paying ten dollars a month for. Right. The uh um the I don't know what you're paying for impact, but I don't think it's more than ten. Uh and NJPW is like eight ninety nine for it. Yeah. This one is because you're paying for the pay per views to pay extra to get all the reviews and all the special shows and everything. It charges my card like anywhere between one sixty and and one eighty every year. Oh, that work that works out to about sixteen to seventeen dollars, uh, seventeen dollars a month, seventeen eighteen dollars a month. Well, you know the funny thing is that last year we were like, yeah, it, you know it's worth it to pay double for Ring of Honor. Than what WWE gives you, and now this year since they lost all the elite guys, <laughs> it's, it's just uh, not worth it. It's just not worth, yeah. Right, right now going back and watching all of the older shows like we're doing is the only thing that makes it worth it. Well, I, I and don't being know, able I mean, to see did, some did you, guys. Did you see the Did you see the card that they put together for uh, just two days, the same day as Osaka? No, and I don't know that I want to know. Because I'm sure it has um, that zombie on it somewhere. No, he actually wasn't on there. So, the Oh, so it event, might actually have been good. The main event was Brody <clears throat> King versus Ray Horus. Then you had Bandito. That could and, be a fun. Bandito and Flamito versus, versus the Briscoes. Somebody named Slex versus Flip Gordon. 
Jeff Cobb yeah. and Dan Math versus Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham in a proving ground match. Joe Hendry and Dalton Castle versus Bateman and Vincent. A battle royal. Sumi Sakai versus Session Moth Martina. And Alex Zane versus Andrew Everett. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm glad I passed on that. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> Did they just lose everybody? Do they not have any top stars anymore? Yeah, that's that's a hell of a card to put together on a Sunday, huh? Did they even have any other champions outside the tag team champs on there? Nope. Because Ryo Lee is not on there. Neither is um, Zombie Boy. And the women's and the women's that is wasn't on there. What the? F- oh, they need to kick it in high gear if they want to keep my money come August, especially for the amount I pay. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Jay I versus Smarty Skrull is a, a step in the right direction, but I don't think that's going to be enough to save it. Well, as you know, I've been, I've not been feeling well lately, so I have Thursday and Friday off. As you see, so I might put this on just to have some wrestling to watch. But I mean, it's certainly not something that I would have, you know, that I would have devoted time to that I that I didn't, you know, that I. I if there's something else, if there was some other wrestling on this week to watch, I probably wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't bother with this one at all. But well, what's what's coming up this weekend? Well, Anything? Sunday we Sunday we had Takeover Portland. That I wish they would leave those shows on Saturday. Well, I do too, but you know that that's one reason why we moved our show to Tuesdays is because then we we can we can accommodate watching the Sunday night pay per views over a couple of days. Which is pretty much you now the only one that does them on Saturdays is is NJPW. Well, and I guess AEW has done their last few on, on Saturday too. Yeah, all of the AEW pay per views have been on Saturdays. Right, and NXT used to as well, but it looks like they're moving to Sundays now. Except for when, but then again, their pay-per-views used to only be on the big four weekends. Well, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, we're, you know, we're still not, you know, we're super high on them right now, but they don't, they don't do their, their big shows on Sundays. Um, they do NWA theirs on Fridays. NWA doesn't do its quote unquote big shows on, 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 um, Sundays and neither does MLW. So, so the three promotions that we don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> To their, <laughs> to their shows when that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. So Impact, you know, but basically like Impact, WWE, and NXT all do their shows on Sundays now. Yeah. I mean, Japan does theirs for a whole weekend. Theirs is a Friday, Saturday thing. Yeah. Um, and, he, and, he, and, you know, and even though they usually do theirs on Sundays, it's usually like early Sunday morning for us, so we have all day to watch it. Right. Right, but like you said, we switched to Tuesday nights for that reason, so that we can have Monday to watch the Sunday night shows. Yeah, and get make sure we get caught up. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not uh, the the as far as this card card went for um, New Japan. I thought the White versus Sonata was lackluster. I mean, it was. I guess it was what it was. Like you said, Sonata just didn't seem like his head was in it. Takahashi, really, I could watch that every day for the for the next week and not get sick of it. That was such a great match. Mox uh, Suzuki was much better than I thought it was going to be. I'm looking forward to seeing ZSJ versus Moxley uh, going forward. How cool and then was Naito Ken. Does he, does he ZSJ do that? Is that SJ to that? choke him out? Well, and to watch um, Sonata or uh, Suzuki just go, hey, Floor's yours. I'm leaving, and just leave. Let uh, let ZSJ do what he does. I thought that that was fun. And then watching Moxley wake up, and um, I was. Oh wait, you know what? I'm last sorry, weekend, I, I, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Jeff. Jeff, but you know, while while we while we're on ZSJ, um, remember, you know, we might, we might want to look into finding a way to watch that RPW show this coming weekend because it is ZSJ defending against Osprey on that show. Ooh, another Osprey ZSJ match? Yeah, this coming. Yeah, I'm, okay this coming, I'm, okay I'm pretty sure this coming Saturday in. It's Rev um, Rev Pro, right? In Rev Pro, yeah. So we might be able to acquire that in some in some manner. Well, yeah, I I think we'll be able to watch that. I mean, that's so that's what we'll talk about next week. Then is that show because that show should be loaded, knowing that roster. 
Yeah, well, we're what are you watching in the background? We're doing Takeover Portland too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do both of them. Is that you said? Yeah. Are you watching something in the background or playing something on your computer? No. Every now and then something cuts into my headphones and just goes, well. <laughs> like every every two minutes, it's like literally some guy just cuts into my headphones and goes, well. That is really weird. No, I have nothing going on over here. All right, that's hilarious. That. I hope. Let me see if I can find that card for that upcoming uh, Rev, Rev Pro show. I want to know who the hell's saying whale in my headphones, and why. Yeah, why, yeah, why are they calling you that? You're not. You're not that fat. Oh, I kind of am. There it was again. I have no literally. It's just somebody. That's fucking hilarious. It's just somebody out of nowhere going, well. So so it's actually this coming Friday, so it's Valentine's Day. Oh, good. I got something to do on Valentine's Day. El Phantasmo is defending his his Cruiserweight Championship against Michael Oku, whoever that is. ZSJ is defending against Will Ospreay. There's a Speed King Championship match between RKJ and Rob X. Dan Maloney is taking on Jeff Cobb, and for the women's championship, Zoe Lucas versus Giselle Shaw. Why is Dan Maloney? Wait, you said Dan Maloney versus Jeff Cobb and Rev Pro? Yep. Ring of Honor doesn't have anything with Rev Pro, do they? Yeah, they're they're um, affiliated with Rev Pro. They have oh. together. I suppose because of the New Japan partnership. Yeah, so it's on Valentine's uh, it looks Day. Like so, we could, so yeah, we could probably find a way to watch that this weekend. I could probably watch it live. You don't have Red Pro anymore, do you? I'll find a way. I. Who knows? Maybe I will by the weekend. It's a 5.30 um, British time, so that's... Like eleven thirty our time, right? So no, it'll be eleven like, thirty. No, 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 we're five hours behind them. We're we? eight hours, eight hours behind them. No, we're like five or six hours behind them. So it'd be like. I thought we were a lot more than that. So it'd be like eleven. I guess maybe in the morning or something. Uh, I'll be at work. Yes, you will. Uh, oh well, I guess I won't watch it live at least. All right, but I'll make sure I get that one watched in NXT. So that'll be next week. This week, though, still. Um, the only match we really did. That's what I was just going to say. The only match we didn't talk about was Naito Kenta. Um, I thought the first 10 minutes of that match was some of the best heel performance by Kenta I've ever seen. Yeah. I, that I've man. Seen, I've, I've been saying for weeks he's the best <clears throat> heel in the business right now. That man knows how to fire up a crowd. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the last time I think I've seen a heel really stretch out the start of a match like that was when um, Kevin Owens did it to go- Bill Goldberg. Yeah. That's right. I, I can't remember. I can't remember another time I've seen a heel work a crowd like that to get interest into a match. And this was a match that had two great performers. I mean, Kevin Owens did it because he wanted the match to actually have some heat, which it didn't because we knew it was going to be 35 seconds. This one was two guys who are incredibly talented in the ring and Kenta still drew in that kind of passion. You might be right. He might be the best heel in the business right now. Yeah, I think he definitely is. Um, and I really enjoyed this match. You know, the only thing keeping it for me from giving this match like a really high score is simply the fact that there was, to me, there was no drama. In it. Like I, like I had no doubt in my mind that Naito was going to be the championship. So, you know, I was so, so, all the, so all the near falls and everything uh, going for the go to sleep because I knew that he wasn't going to leave with the championship. Everything that happened was pretty much going to get kicked out. That we knew Bullet Club was somehow going to come down and enter in the match. The only thing was really felt felt like Jay White was going to turn on Kenta. Really? 
when Jay White I, 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 came I down, I do, you know, I do acknowledge it was kind of him down there trying to help him in the title. He really wants to be the champion. It was my Gino, Gino being able to say, you know, this this is you know a wall bullet club. Well, that my feelings too is that you know he was going to come down and you know fake the playing up like about how it's a one for all type of bullet club and then turn on Kenta causing catch because his feud with Sonata pretty much put to bed. Unfortunately, I mean, it, without Sonata actually pulling out a fluke win or something like that, Jay White wanted to prove he was better than Sonata, and he did that. Um, so it's time you know, he moved into a new, a new role. But the problem is, is how do you turn heel on the biggest heel in the business? Because well, there's, you know, I was you were saying that is have turned Kenta at all. I mean, like Kenta completely an odd man out and against everybody in the entire promotion. And it definitely, I don't think, it definitely would turn Bullet Club face either. There's a white that would have turned, he's kind of ridden through the, the ranks of NJPW over the So it would have been. Anytime soon, man. <laughs> it's exactly. exactly. Years well, that's and what years I'm... and years for him to be able to, to become a face. In that and and that's what I was, no way they could have, but it was something back in my head. I was like, hey, maybe Jay White's down here to turn on Kenta. But well, I just don't just think mean, either one. It would make you know either of them a face. It would just mean you know that they're opposed to it. It wouldn't, but it wouldn't, you know, Bullet Club's not going to be not going to be baby as long as Jay White's the leader of it. And, Ken, and Kenta will never be facing New Japan. Well, and as long as, as long as G.O.D. and Jay White are leading Bullet Club. They'll never be babyface, right? I mean, even, even Katsuyori Shibata introducing Kenta to the New Japan audience didn't, didn't you know make a dent in, in the audience hating him. Well, it did, but he w- is also an outsider to that promotion. He might be the only Japanese gaijin in New Japan. A Japanese gaijin. That's awesome. Because. There's he a is. He that is. Says Kenta, the Japanese gaijin. <laughs> he is. He, well, let's face it. He gets treated like a gaijin. He does not get treated like he's one of their own. Even uh, um, I can't think of his name. The the he's now the never open weight guy champion. Shingo. Yeah. Even even Shingo, who was one of the biggest outsiders after what he did in Noah, comes in and is cheered. Kenta just can't. He can't buy a cheer. Dragon Gate. Was it Dragon Gate? I thought it was Noah. Yeah, no, Kenta Gate, was. It's Kenta's from Noah. Kenta was Noah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you think about it, Kenta is the Japanese gaijin. He really, truly is, because he is a he is a through and through outsider in that company. Yes, that is very, very true. But yeah, that uh, that match that match too. It, I I felt like it was it it was good. But like you said, the only thing keeping it from being great was the fact that I didn't believe one time that Kenta was going to win that belt. You know, and, and that's a uh, that thing about Kenta being a, an outsider to New Japan is something that would not happen here in the United States. Really, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's guys that, that there's there's a certain segment of fans that are not going to embrace somebody, you know, coming into Ring of Honor or maybe you know Ring of Honor especially that you know that that's been a, that's been a WWE superstar, but you're never going to get an entire um, fan base of a promotion just turning on a guy because of where he used to work before. And, and that's where, you know, and that, and that's the thing, like, you know, you know, Gino was arguing with Kevin Kelly. Well, he's Japanese that, you know, they should be cheering for him. Well, yeah, he's Japanese, but he didn't come up in new Japan. He wrestled for a rival promotion. He's been, he's, he's always going to be an outsider. And it's just, you know, we, we, you know, even like, you know, AEW, like the two guys wrestling for their for their world championship in two weeks are both former WWE champions. Right. And, and, you, don't, and you don't have the AEW faithful, like, hating them because of it. I mean, they hate Jericho because of what he says, but usually they cheer him. And, you know, they, you know Moxley gets, gets, you know, the most cheers other than maybe Cody in the entire promotion. And, you know, you know, it, and, and, you know, we saw the same thing in Impact when, you know, when Christian came in or, you know, Kurt Angle came in. There, there was somebody that hated them because they were, they were from um, WWE. And then when AJ Styles made his debut for for WWE, the crowd popped incredibly for him. So I mean, it, we, we don't well, see superstars. 
go from one promotion to another and the crowd just hate on them because of it. Well, I think a lot of it was, um, I mean, Kenta basically kept Noah, the Noah promotion going when New Japan was trying to put him out of business. Mm-hmm. And it was Kenta that, that Kenta that kept the promotion going. So there's hatred there. And then the fact that he went to the States for five years. And when he was in the U.S., he was basically trashing British, or Japanese wrestling. Then he tries to come back to New Japan and act like a, a returning hero. Well, he was never a hero because, like you said, like I said, he was trying to, he was fighting against them for so many years. You know, come to think of it, I can't think of a baby face that went to a major U.S. promotion, and the fans of that promotion hated the hell out of him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I I'm trying to think if there's anybody. I don't know if there's anybody in wrestling, especially in the. I don't know if there's anybody in wrestling anywhere, with especially with how smart fans are these day, these days that would be able to or that would have the kind of reaction that Kenta has. No, but but I think he gets the same kind of reaction from the fans there that Hulk Hogan got from NW, from WCW fans when he first joined the promotion there. Possibly, but even you even know, with you know, like a big e- segment of, of of like wrestling fans started watching WCW eventually because of Hulk Hogan, but the actual NWA slash WCW old school fans hated the fact that Hulk Hogan joined that promotion. They hated it, but at the same time, they didn't mercifully boo him and hate him, you know, passionately as they do Kenta. No, you're right. They just kind of changed the channel and and just stopped going to stop going to the shows. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's a, it, it's something rare what Kent is doing. Because even, even Hogan at his prime, I mean, people hated up north and they hated what Hogan brought. But even in his prime when he hit WCW, they didn't hate him, hate him. Like, they legitimately hate Kenta. You don't, there's a thing. He's got a rare hatred that people will actually pay to see him get beat, which is something that really hasn't been seen since the 70s and 80s. You know, that kind of heel heat. I mean, Jay White has heel heat, but I think people respect Jay White and his ability. People don't go to the, don't shell out the money to watch Jay White get beat. People shell out money to watch Kenta get beat. You know, Gino said, Gino... Like you talked about on the show, like Osaka, you know, usually MD, the MDON Arena is where they have the um, with six thousand you know, people. Yeah, it's where, it's where they normally have New Beginning in Osaka, but because of, of of other you know other things going on, they actually booked Osaka Joe Hall. But it was actually the Kenta being the main event that helped them sell it out. Well, and that's and Gino Gino said that too. It's like he, Kenta sold out that stadium, and it's hard to argue against that. Because he's in, a, he is in rarefied air. He is Hulk Hogan in 1996 when he joined the NWO. You know, he it just it did it again. Why is my computer doing that? Anyway, it, it, <laughs> Kenta is in like like ridiculously rarefied rarefied air. Where the last person to draw that kind of heel heat would have been Hogan when he first turned and first became a heel and joined the NWO. I don't think there's been anybody even sniffing that kind of heel heat ever since. Like even Orton, at the top of his game, when he was you know, the biggest heel in the business, couldn't sell out a stadium just because people wanted to see him get beat. But they sure as hell do for Kenta. They did for Hogan, and they did for all the great heels of the 70s and 80s. You know, People like Harley Race made their name because of that. Yeah, you don't see – it's very yeah, it's, rare to see that. Yes, it's become a babyface-driven industry, and you know you, you don't you don't really get that that kind of. Uh, I mean, we, we, you know, AEW has been doing it since since they you know, since they first crowned a champion, but, but I still don't feel like there's people that are dying to see Chris Jericho get beat. It's just you know they want to see Chris Jericho wrestle. Um, oh, of course not. He, they're singing his entrance music. <laughs> he's 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 the show, you know. But people aren't wishing for. They're not. They're not shelling out money to see him get beat they're shelling out money to see him but not to see him get beat he could be anywhere on the card and draw the same kind of reaction because of who he is i totally agree 
Yeah, it's the same thing with Moxley. It's the same thing with Omega, and Omega's kind of proven it now in his tag team role. It's these guys could be anywhere on the card and still draw crowds. The the thing is, is you get you get something rare with with Kenta. And another thing that's kind of odd too is watching these shows and not actually seeing Kazuchika Okada because I'm I'm not watching the tag matches. And if I'm not watching the tag matches, I'm not seeing Okada, and that's kind of rare. You don't you don't get that many shows in a row where you don't see Okada. See, I watched the tag match, but I can't, but that, you know, I just, like I mentioned, I, I haven't been feeling well, so I kind of dozed off during that. But I do know that was another moment for um, where Osprey got a pin pinfall over ZSJ. So he can do it in tag matches, just not. Just not when, you know, when the belt's on the line. So now it's going to be um, Saber beats Osprey, along with Skrull beats Osprey. I don't know. Doesn't the fact that that ZSJ is going to be challenging Moxie for the for the U.S. title kind of kind of make you think that he's going to lose the title this weekend to Osprey? No, they're on a kick for double champions. They've got so many of them already. Like I said, just give all the belts to Lij. <laughs> Well, just unless unless, unless uh, Zach is joining Lij, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to win that belt. I I don't know what they're doing with Moxley. I can't imagine Moxley keeping up the schedule he's doing. Jesus, wrestle in Japan on a Saturday, then fly to um, where were they this week? Tennessee, and then fly back to uh, Japan for another show. I cannot imagine him keeping up that schedule. But from the sounds of it, they talked about him in the G1 again. Oh, really? Interesting. I thought I'd heard that, or maybe they were talking about his you know, training for the G1 last year. But it sounded like uh, Kevin Kelly was talking about his training for the G1. Oh, yeah, they were talking about his training for the G1 last year. That's what it was. Okay. But if he's uh, in the it, G1 to me, this it's year, not... he, he's got to win it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he does. I guess it all depends on what kind of contract he signed with NJPW, if he signed a, a, a year-long contract or a two-year contract or whatever. Well, sure, but I mean, if you have the chance to have Naito versus defending the, defending the World Championship against Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom, I think you'd be a fool not to do it. Well, I mean, we've had this argument now for a couple of years. Um, last, you know, last year I thought White would have been a good fit for that. Um, you know, well, not last. Was it last year against yeah, he Okada? We should win it last year, and he still ended up being Oregon. So he still ended up being, you know, right there in the in the two big matches at Wrestle Kingdom. It really didn't didn't hurt him that he wasn't that he didn't win the that he win uh, G one. Yeah, because I thought he should have won. I thought he should have beat um, Omega for the title. But um, that's still, I guess, that's still a few years off before they'll have two Gaijins in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, no, I expect Naito to hold the title the entire, you know, until, at least until Wrestle Kingdom. And, I, and if he faces Moxley, he'll hold it, you know, past Wrestle Kingdom. I still think what would have made this actually believable and where we would have thought that Kenta might have won it is if it would have been for one of the belts. But I can't see anybody wearing both belts unless it's one of those, you know, top three or four that were in the, in the dash for the gold. Yeah, I agree with you. I, and I would like to see Naito at some point do what Jay Lethal was doing when he held, had both belts in ROH, or what, or like you like you mentioned, what Rollins did with the when he had both 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 the U.S. title and the WWE title. You know, defending defend him in two separate matches on a show. It, it even if he doesn't do it at two separate matches, if let's just say the next uh, his next challenger is for the well, his next challenger is for the Intercontinental belt. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe he drops that. If it, let's say Kenta, uh, you know, is, is still a challenger for him, Kenta goes after the IC belt, then it would be believable that he could beat him. I just can't see anybody outside of White and Okada holding both belts at the same time. You know, Naito, White, and Okada. Right. I would say. You know, I, I would really like to see somebody from somebody from you know. You mentioned you know Lij. I would like to see somebody from Lij win the New Japan Cup and then choose to challenge Naito for the Intercontinental Title and then take it from him. 
Like somebody like Evil or Sonata, or one or the other. Either one. It doesn't matter to me, but but I think I think that'd be really cool. To, you know, that would make a lot of sense as to what you know why somebody wouldn't want both belts. You know, they just want one of them. You know, because you're, if you're challenging, you know, against your you know your stable leader. The, yeah, the, and the problem is, is I can't see anybody challenging for the IC title when they have a shot at the at the world title. Exactly. You know, I mean, uh, and, and so, you know, the only way I can see it happen is if, is if you know it, that only one the one title was challenged for is that Naito loses, you know, the, the heavyweight championship, and then he's still defending the Intercontinental title. But I don't. But again, I don't think Naito is going to going to you know lose that title until at least Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I think he. I think he, 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 I think he have a long reign now that they finally, you know, strapped it to him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the heavyweight title is going to stay on him for quite a while. I, I can see him dropping the IC title soon. Um, hopefully, it's. I don't know. I could see it going to Kenta. To be honest, I and could even, see this feud not being over. You know, especially even you know even if we're going to give a lot of the credit for, to Kenta for selling out. Osaka Joe Hall this weekend, you know, there still has to be somebody else in that, in that other side. You have to give some credit to. So, you know, Naito, for Naito's first title defense for it to be in a sold out building is, you know, says a lot for him too. And for to ha- and for him to have 100% of the crowd support. Right. Is something special too. I mean, I even As found myself chanting, I even felt myself chanting Naito at the beginning of the match when he was making his entrance. I was right alongside the crowd doing it. That's how that's it's how hard, great Kenta has been. It, it? Well, it's not just that. That's how great Kenta has been in his role. Is that I found myself cheering for Naito, and normally, I mean, I have my favorites. Yeah, I want to see Jay White win. Yeah, I want to see Sonata win. I want to see, um, you know, Moxley win, and so on. But this was one of those situations where Kenta is so hateable that even somebody that is watches these more or less objectively was flat out cheering against him. It's great. The to last see thing I like, will... like Kenta's where, you know, the opposite of, of you know, the opposite of something like John Cena, where, you know, gets pumped up by the crowd or like your traditional baby because he's pumped up by the crowd. Now you get, now you have Kenta who draws on those boos and, and you know, he gets stronger be, the more he gets booed. That's really an awesome uh, idea that Kenta's really playing out to perfection. Yeah, he's 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 really good at it. And he's like I said, I and I'll say it again. I can't see, I can't see anybody performing at a heel level the way he is. Even White and MJF, with as great as they've been in heel roles, and Taven, they never would have sold out a crowd and had an entire crowd against them. The closest that Jay White ever came was uh, that match in um, the states, right after he turned on um, Okada. When he got pretty much booed out of the building. Yeah, it would take a lot for but him even, to, get to, to get to that level. I mean, he'd probably have to like burn his scarf and, and make be like a total, complete asshole to everybody for a year before that would happen. Oh, even that wouldn't work. People would still respect his mic abilities. <laughs> I suppose that's <laughs> there true. Is nothing, there is nothing MJF can do to ever get to that kind of heel level. I mean, Cody's the beloved guy of, of AEW because people still, even though there's four guys and Cody was the least of the four that wanted to even do it. I mean, when you look back at the interviews, they had to convince Cody to become one of the executive partners. He was, I mean, when it, when it was first brought up, Kenny and the Bucks were all in. Cody was the one they had to convince to do it. And Cody's the one who kind of gets all the love for it. Well, Cody's so a even as generation guy, so he gets he gets love from you know people that loved his dad and people that loved him, and loved his brother. True. You know he's got, but for a guy as beloved as he is to the AEW audience, MJF can't even get that hundred percent heel heat against him. So I don't think it's going to happen for him. Not to get, I don't, I don't know that it's going to happen for anybody to get to Kenta's level. To be honest with you, well, I think that's just at least. no. No, and I I can I don't think it'll ever happen in Japan either. No, I mean I think that Shayna Baszler was getting to that level on the women's side 
in NXT, but but then something changed and people started cheering her too. Well, that's just it. Especially nowadays, is wrestling fans are so smart with the way that they watch wrestling. Is that even even if you're that great heel, like an MJF, like a Jay White, like a Matt Taven, like a um, Shayna Baszler, you're going you're going to get a rooting of fans that just love the way that, that cheer you because of how great your performance is. You're never going to get an entire stadium against you. Like, like Kenta has. Right. But anyway, we're running in on an hour and and right now we're kind of rehashing how great Kenta is. But, um, guys, if you're listening to us on YouTube, um, appreciate it to hit the like button subscribe button ring the notification bell we do this live twice a week uh tonight tomorrow night uh for dynamite after dark and then every right now we're on pace for every other week we'll be doing a live show where we break down um whatever tv series we watched La- last night we broke down the mandalorian if you've had a chance to to listen to that feel go ahead if you haven't had a chance to listen to that it's up um on youtube for free or in our members section on um Patreon. Patreon.com slash Kingdom of Honor is where pretty much everything happens. Everything we do gets archived there. Everything gets uh, thrown up on that. And that's a way for you, if you appreciate the show, to um, to help us through donations to keep the show going um, with, uh, with a subscription basis. Um, we have Patreon-only shows and our YouTube shows that are in our top-tier member section. We have our archives for this show and Dynamite After Dark and, and as well as our older shows that we did back in the day. That's all in our archive section. So we've got a couple different tiers, and that's patreon.com slash Honor. There's also a link to our YouTube there. There's a link to uh, Twitter there as well. And you can follow me at Co-op. He is at ZanmanLOP, and use hashtag KOH and hashtag DAD to follow everything we do. And make sure you stay tuned to the other LOP radio shows. Um, tomorrow, we'll be back with you with Dynamite After Dark, and I think there might be one more episode of Sports Entertainment is Dead, if I'm not, you know, if there's not, then I'm wrong. Um, on Thursday is... <laughs> on Thursday is MCLP Radio Adventure. On Friday is... The NWA, the Legacy Series, and like we mentioned, we'll be back with you next Tuesday with more Kingdom of Honor, talking hopefully about Rev Pro, but definitely about TakeOver Portland. You know, we're, we're, you'll hear our thoughts on the tag team title match, on Cole versus Champa, on Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, and also on, um, of course, Tegan Knox taking on Dakota Kai in a street fight. That's oh, all we've God, got. I can't wait for that. Me neither. Um, <laughs> you thought there was going to be more, didn't you? <laughs> no, I, I. But you know, speak, you know, thinking of the women, women there, I think I think it's really interesting that Charlotte and and Rhea might be, you know, might be setting up something for WrestleMania rather than Charlotte challenging for one of the, you know, the SmackDown or the Raw belts. Um, well, and Becky Lynch um, just got destroyed by Shayna Baszler too. Oh, I didn't. So know it that. looks like it looks like they might be setting up something for uh, Wrestle WrestleMania as well. She attacked. She attacked Becky Lynch on Raw last night. That's awesome. But anyway, that's, that's a match I want to see. <laughs> we'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. G one climax twenty seven. Goodbye, and good night.